Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, what's up, Ocean Hills? So good to be together. I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. And uh, I'm so excited to be back after three weeks of taking a break from speaking. And now here we are right in the middle of Isaiah chapter 40. And man, this is an incredible chapter of scripture. And I'm so grateful for Jono and Lori and Adam the last three weeks who've really helped us understand this chapter of scripture and understand God's heart more. Well, I'm gonna launch us in. This is kind of a two-part sermon. This week as I was preparing, I'm like, there's so much rich, good, gold in here. And I got to the end of it and I went, I can't do it in the short time that we have. So it's a two-parter. You wanna make sure you come back next week to grab part two. All right, here we go. There's a question I'm gonna ask you. Tell me, who is God for you? Who is God for you? That question changed the trajectory of a person's life. I'm reading this book, I love it. It's called The Ignatian Adventure. And the author, Kevin O'Brien, was trying to decide whether to become a priest or he was an attorney. And he asked the spiritual director, what should I do? And the spiritual director said, I have a, I have a question for you. Tell me, who is God for you? That's what we have to go after first before you try and figure out. And it was through that conversation that this guy, Kevin O'Brien, he discovered how faith and real life can thrive together. And through that question, he discovered how good God really, really is. And so I say this week after week, but God is so much bigger and better than we think. And yet, you talk to people, you listen to people, There's a lot of us, we have misperceptions about who God is. I heard somebody say, God is energy. God is mad at me. God is, he just made up. Weak people make up God. I heard somebody say, I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid he's gonna strike me with lightning because of what I did, dot, dot, dot. Others say, God, He's distant. He's like this impersonal force, uh, maybe even more like a phenomenon, right? Others might say, God's just too busy running the universe to be concerned about me and my problems. Well, right here, right now, I want to let the Word of God tell us who God is and what God is really like. Isaiah 40. Isaiah, I love it. He uses these reflective questions in chapter 40. And in in verses 12 through 27, there's these 16 verses. Check this out. 16 verses, Isaiah asks 20 
questions in 16 verses. He asks 20 questions. They're rhetorical questions. They're reflective questions. But there's kind of something, notice what you notice. We learn about God through the questions. God's not afraid of our questions. I want to just say to you, some of you right now, maybe you're questioning your faith. You're questioning who God is. Bring those questions to God. He welcomes questions. Our questions help us discover who God is. And it's through questions that God reveals himself. And so Isaiah chapter 40, we're just going to look at verses 12 through 16 today. And then next week, we're going to go after the second part. So I've, I have framed this with two questions for you and for me. Question number one, what if God is much wiser, much wiser than you think? What if God, the God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth, what if he's much wiser than you think? Verses 13 and 14 of Isaiah 40, has anyone told the Lord what he must do? or given him advice? Did the Lord ask anyone to teach him wisdom and justice? Who, who gave him knowledge and understanding? What's Isaiah doing here? He's helping us understand that, that God is so much wiser than we think. He is the source. Don't miss this. He's the source of all truth. He's the source of all wisdom. God's ways work. That's been so true in my life. God's ways work. When I pay attention to his voice, when I follow his word, my life just works a whole lot better. I love what Daniel chapter 2 verse 20, Daniel, he said, praise the name of the Lord forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. What's he saying? God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere. God is all-knowing. God is all-wisdom. Now, I'm going to read a quote for you from the former president of Gordon-Conwell Seminary back on the East Coast. He's the pastor right now of uh, Mecklenburg Church, a big church back in the Charlotte area. His name's James, James Emery White. Here's what he said. He says that our culture has no objective basis for determining truth. Postmodern relativism has convinced our culture that all truth claims are personal and subjective. All truth claims are personal and subjective. And you read that and you go, wow, kind of truth and, and wisdom. It's just whatever I want, whatever I think, I'm going to do it. And I want you to know that I believe that God and his word is the source of all wisdom. In fact, scripture tells us that wisdom is a person. Scripture tells us that truth is a person and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want wisdom in your life? Connect yourself, engage with, follow Jesus Christ. Align yourself with Jesus Christ. He is so much wiser than you think. And let me back up a word. He is so much wiser than you. He is so much wiser than you and me. Matthew chapter 13, verse 54. 
When Jesus returned to Nazareth, his hometown, uh, when he taught there in the synagogue, listen to this, everyone was amazed. Why were they amazed? Everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom? Where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? I'll tell you where he gets it. He's God in the flesh. He has all wisdom and power. So when your life is confusing, let God's word, let God's voice, let God's wisdom guide your steps and guard your life. When your life feels broken, when it's not working, let God's wisdom, let God's voice be your authority. Let it be the final word that you trust. It's certainly the voice I trust. I mean, just think about your life. Think about when you've heard the word of God and you've followed it. I read God's word a lot. And I just wrote down some scriptures here that I thought, that is so wise. And when I follow that, my life works. Like you will reap what you sow. Whatever actions I'm doing, they're gonna have consequences. That, that's what God's word is telling us. It's true. Uh, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. Wow, he's raising the bar for all of us. And I, when I remember the first time I read that, I thought, he's teaching me how to love. Jesus is mentoring me, coaching me, and how to love. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You want freedom? Follow Christ, follow his wisdom and his voice. He said, forgive one another as your heavenly father has forgiven you. I'll tell you what, man, forgiveness is real. When you live with bitterness, it destroys your spirit, it poisons you. There's wisdom in that word from Jesus. How about this one? Get the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of my eye. Oh my gosh, how many times have I needed to say that? I'm judging other people and I'm the one that got the log in my eye and I'm trying to take a speck out of theirs. There's so much wisdom in scripture. And I just want you to know that Isaiah's remind is Jesus and God. God is, he's just wiser than we think. Now, let's go to, let's go to the second part. The first question is, what if God is wiser than you think? I will say this, if he is, and I believe he is, then trust him, follow him, and obey him. Second question is, what if God is greater, greater than we think? Verses 15 and 16, Isaiah 40. For all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They're nothing more than dust on the scales. Listen to this. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Did you hear that? He picks up the whole world as though it were a grain of sand. I love just the, the poetic imagery that Isaiah is using here in Isaiah 40. Then listen to this, verse 16. All the wood in Lebanon's forests and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. He is so worthy. Whatever offering we make, however much we, money we give, it's, it's not worthy. He is far more worthy of praise. What's Isaiah saying? There are no categories. There are no categories. He's saying your God is too small. My God is too small. He's, 
He's infinite, this God of Isaiah 40. He's, he, I mean, he's beyond description. He's beyond metaphors. He's beyond adjectives. I mean, Isaiah's trying to grab words and phrases and images and metaphors to help describe God, but God is indescribable. God is uncontainable. God is knowable and he's approachable, but he's infinite and our minds are finite. So we have a limited ability to be able to comprehend how great God is. Psalm 145.3, great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. Then listen to this. No one can measure his greatness. No one can measure his great. His greatness is immeasurable. That's how great he is. And that's why we worship him and praise him and adore him and bow down and get on our knees before him in awe of who he is. You know, the scriptures point to God is greater. I'm just going to run through these really quick as I close up. God is greater than our hearts, our feelings. That's in 1 John 4. God is greater than any human being, Job 33. God is greater than any storm you're in, Mark 4. God is greater than the fearful task in front of you, just ask Moses. God is greater than the cold war you're experiencing in your family right now over politics, just ask Joseph. God is greater than any Goliath you are facing, just ask David. God is greater than any sin in your life. He's greater than death itself. He came, that cross that he died on. It's the picture. It's the symbol that he is greater than anything, anyone. God is greater. And so let's worship him. Let's not put him in a box. Let's not allow it to be true of us that our God is too small. You know, Anne Lamott, I love her. She said, you can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people that you do. That just made me laugh. And I thought, oh man, I've made God too small in my life. And I wonder if you have too. And so let me close by asking you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to get on your knees or raise your arms up in worship. I know for some of you, you're like, I'm not doing that. But why not? Why not right where you are as an act of surrender, as an act of worship, as an act of honoring God, just right there in your living room, your kitchen, where your office, wherever you are, just raise your hands or get down on your knees. Get down on your knees like this. And just allow this to be a moment for you. And why not right now just reach out your hand? and put your hand in the Father's hand, right? And there's gonna be a slide that comes up for you. And, and, and just let your little hand, let that photo be an image for you, a commitment for you right now. Let's recommit ourselves to this God who's wiser than we think and he's greater than we think. Let's pray, God, right here, right now, I'm on my knees. I commit myself afresh and anew to you this day. I reach out and I grab your hand and I thank you that, that when I let go, you still hold my hand. I thank you that you're faithful, you're dependable, you're wise, you're all-knowing, you're everywhere, you're all-powerful. Oh God, you're greater. You're greater than my sin, you're greater than my fears, you're greater than, than my greatest struggles. 
and I worship you and I thank you. And I, I say, Lord, I commit myself to following you today and this week. Today we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And now just stay where you are and let's sing together as Casey leads us. God bless you. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.